Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Really good. Last dregs of sun, I think, here. Starting to get really autumn-y, which I love because I I really like autumn. Hi, Hendrik. Good to hear you on the line as well. Hendrik and Monty. Sorry about that. Hendrik? Hendrix. Hendrik. Hendrik. Like the gin. Isn't that Hendrix? Or maybe it's apostrophe S. I think it's apostrophe S, yeah. Well, I'm glad it's sort of nice and autumnal. Feels it's nice when the evenings draw in and you can settle in to play lots of Arkham, isn't it? Not you're not playing in a kind of glorious sunshine, thinking you should be outside. It's nice and cozy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, what are we talking about today, Peter? It's one of my favourite types of ep- of episode, Frank. We're going to be talking about an investigator. Great. So let let me pitch something to you. Go on. If I, I made you think about uh, mystics, what would you say would be the the sort of the signature defining feature of the mystic class? Aside from the fact that they're coloured purple. Yeah, well, that, that counts, yeah. I'm going to go with a high willpower. Yeah, a high willpower, that makes sense. There's a lot of willpower replacement effects. Yeah. Or, you know, using willpower to replace your other stats. That's kind of been what defined them from the beginning of the game, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. So who are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about the mystic with the lowest willpower, Diana Stanley. The redeemed cultist. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Diana. This is going to be good. I love that we got a one willpower character in Finn Edwards, the the deluxe before we got Diana. Yes. It was like it was like easing players into talking about a, a one in willpower, and you had all of the conversations <laughs> around. Oh, Finn, he's going to be dreadful. He won't be able to pass any treacheries, and you know you just you just shouldn't play with him. And then we sort of Matt doubled down on it and gave us a one willpower mystic just as a follow up. Yeah. Yeah, all the haters. Brilliant. We were talking just before we started recording. I've not mm-hmm. really played as uh, Diana at all. I've seen her played in a couple of campaigns, mm-hmm. and I've talked about her a lot with friends who like playing her. But I've not actually yeah. played her. You, on the other hand, have played her quite a lot, right? Yeah, I've played her quite a lot. She's, um, as we'll talk about in the episode, she's she's pretty robust solo, and I've just got off the back of doing a Think on Your Feet with her, in which she did, I think, incredibly well. And then I've also played her in a couple of multiplayer campaigns because, again, we'll probably talk about it in more detail. She fits quite nicely into multiplayer given her particular skill set. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. She's a really intriguing one. Well, let's let's dive in and, and read her card. So Diana Stanley is the redeemed cultist. She has one willpower and then she's got threes for her other stats. Three intellect, three combat and three agility. She's cultist and silver twilight traded. She has seven health and seven sanity. And then she has a huge text box. So let's take a deep breath. Diana Stanley gets plus one willpower for each card beneath her. Reaction. After a card you own cancels or ignores a card effect or game effect. If there were fewer than five cards beneath Diana Stanley, place that card face down beneath her. Draw one card and gain one resource. Limit once per phase. Elder Sign effect, plus two. You may choose a card beneath Diana Stanley and add it to your hand. Phew. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, well, when we did our Skidze Tool episode recently, I was saying how refreshing it is to have a text box that's sort of, there's enough space maybe for a little bit of flavour text. You just don't get that with 
Diana Stanley. To boil it down to plain English, Diana Stanley gets better every time she plays a cancel or ignore event. Mm-hmm. Yep. She like collects those cards up underneath her, and as she does that, her willpower goes up. And she can collect five cards underneath her, which means that when she's cancelled or ignored five things, she's up to willpower six, which is, I mean, it's not really her base willpower, but which is the best sort of standard willpower. It's better than Akachi, better than Agnes, if she's managed to do all of that cancelling. That's before you even played any other assets to give you boosts or anything like that. But I suppose one of the things that is a real challenge with playing Diana is whether or not you get to that point and whether you should build with six willpower in mind or build with one willpower in mind. I think it's one of the kind of conundrums of Diana that we'll probably dive into a little bit more. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind to me is that all of those upgraded spells, which give you a boost to your willpower, Mm -hmm. while Diana's building up her arsenal, her her board state, she's then able to to use those spells at a reasonable willpower. Yes, yeah. So if she's at, say, two or three willpower, but she's using shriveling level three and getting a, like a baked-in plus two bonus, feels quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, Because have you ever had this situation with any mystic where you've you've actually boosted willpower so much that you almost don't need the baked-in boosts with spells or you don't need the other icons or like the four of cups or the rosary because every time you come to take a test, you're at eight or nine willpower just... Basically, I, f- I find that I sort of end up in that situation where I'm suddenly, I've, early game, I've committed so much to getting willpower icons that later on, you know, it's a nice place to be, but yeah. I realise that almost some of those bonuses are redundant. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's it's nice to see uh, the upgraded effects from the spells are nice, but for some of the lower willpower mystics, the boost is as important. So someone like mm-hmm. uh, Norman or Jim... Uh, who only yeah. have the four willpower. Having that, that boost is quite good. Mm, yeah, yeah. I found playing as Mateo recently through a campaign exactly the same thing. Really desperate to get those upgraded spells, the upgraded shriveling and right of seeking, just because then I didn't have to worry too much about making sure my willpower was at a good place. It's like having a built-in guts to every time you do a charge, which is lovely, without the card draw. The other thing I've seen flummox some players about this reaction ability is what counts as cancelling or ignoring a card effect or game effect. That's a good question. What does count as cancelling or ignoring a game effect? <laughs> He's throwing that one straight back at me. Yeah. More or less, it, looking for the word cancel or ignore on the card yeah. is a good guide. There are more chant times where that does work than that it doesn't, I think. And I off the top of my head, I think the only example I can think of where a card has an ignore ability that might not work is when you play Defiance level zero and say a token that you then don't reveal. Okay, right. So, um, so you have to have picked the it right It has to token. have actually happened to have been ignored. Okay. And I guess that applies to Defiance level two as well, but that's got a broad... Yeah, Defiance level two covers a lot, lot of other tokens yeah yeah exactly and so i've seen then as well where people have maybe played with dark prophecy in combination with defiance and they've said well i've i've ignored this token but i've also played defiance to that you know there's you can get a little bit confused around there but like my rule of thumb would be dark prophecy ignores all the tokens anyway though right ignores four anyway though yeah Yeah, exactly so you don't don't trigger there my my rule of thumb would be if you search for the words 
ignore or cancel on Arkham DB, and you can search and narrow it down by mystic cards and the other cards that Diana can take. Like broadly speaking, anything with a an ignore or a cancel is fine. The other good example, the 45 automatic level two ignores retaliate. The enemy needs to have retaliate for you to ignore it. Right. But but if you ignore it, then that counts as well, because that's a game effect. But that would put your weapon underneath Diana, which isn't necessarily something you want to do. Yeah, if you were to do it with your final shot, the the shot the ability is still initiated, so you still get to take that final shot, and then you would put your weapon underneath yeah. Diana. You'd have to save it for the right moment. So here's a question, Frank, before we move on. Okay. Are there any cards which have an ignore or cancel effect that people might have forgotten about or, or had, oh, hadn't no. realised? I, I mean, I'm thinking of uh, one of the cards that slipped my attention at first was I've Had Worse. Mm. Which is yeah, which yeah. now has a level two version, which could which Diana which can, can take, can take yeah. yeah, as we'll come to in a minute. Yeah, I, I think the other ones that sort of came to prominence were dodge and hypnotic gaze, mm-hmm. which both cancel attacks. And I, I I I like dodge a lot, but I'd felt like it had fallen a little bit out of favour. It was one of the cards that I often ended up cutting in my guardian decks. But if you're able to to cancel an attack and use Diana's ability with it, it starts to grow in power. So yeah, I think the other ones that I'd maybe look at. The other one that I don't see getting used too much is Eldritch Inspiration. Oh yeah. Because that can cancel an effect on a mystic card. So it is cancelling a, a card effect. Outside of the right deck, though, it's hard to get that to hit, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I actually managed to use it successfully in a Father Mateo deck. And were you using it to double an effect? I was using though? it to double an effect, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's an argument for saying that maybe Diana likes to look at it because she could use it to cancel some of the negative effects of spells, which gives her a bonus. Or she could also keep it in hand to double some of those positive effects from mystic cards like Hypnotic Gaze. So it sort of fits a double does double duty in a Diana deck, potentially, if you have, I think, the critical mass of other cards that it could play off. But I I tried it in Diana, and like the dream of that you play Hypnotic Gaze, cancel an attack, pull a special symbol, and then double that special symbol with Eldritch Inspiration, that's actually really hard to pull off. And the other thing is that you're then using a cancel card, Eldritch Inspiration, and not putting it underneath Diana, and that feels a little bit bad. Like the ideal with Diana is that Every time you cancel something, she grows in power. So to use two of your cancels for one attack is, yeah, it's sort of, it doesn't feel ideal. Yeah. And that's the reason, obviously, that I'm not putting them both under her is that the ability, the reaction ability is limit once per phase. So it reminds me playing Diana of playing Agnes, and you really want to time when you take your horror as Agnes so that you can do maximum damage over a turn or over a round without, you know, ending up taking three horror in the investigation phase and only doing one damage in return. Yeah. And it's the same for Diana here, where if you can cancel something in Mythos and then cancel an attack in the investigation phase, cancel another attack in the enemy phase, then you're doing really well. You're really building up your willpower. Okay, should we look at the back of Diana now? Let's do it. She has deck size 35, mm. deck building options, as we've hinted at already, she's got Mystic cards, level 0 to 5, Guardian cards, level 0 to 2, and Neutral cards, level 0 to 5. Her deck building requirements are Twilight Blade, Dark Insight, Terrible Secret, 
and one random basic weakness. She has an additional setup, which is you begin each game with Dark Insight as an additional card in your opening hand. Mm. So she'll get five cards and then Dark Insight in her opening hand. Nice. Yes, it's good. And I think I think you can then mulligan Dark Insight, but I don't know why you would. Yes, good question. Well, I mean, good point. Good question. Yeah. Why would you? So like, it reminds me of Studious, where if you get six cards in your opening hand rather than five, you can mulligan all six if you want to. You could do that with Diana, but Dark Insight, as we'll see, you're probably going to keep in hand. I'd be fascinated to hear if you're out there and you've decided to mulligan Dark Insight ever as a player. I'd love to know what your reasoning was, because, yeah, that would be intriguing. Okay, but yeah, intriguing that she has some setup on the back of her card. It's pretty rare. I think Joe Diamond is the only other one who you have to make his hunch deck, and that's described on the back. I remember when they announced Diana, they wrote in the article that she starts the game with Dark Insight in hand, and we couldn't see the back of her card. Yes, players were (laughs) trying to work out how that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably just because there's no space left on the front of her card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Uh, nothing too. Too crazy back here. The 5-2 splits we know well. It's really great always to see investigators taking combinations that we haven't tried before and, and riffing with them. So Guardian Mystic, I think really the only way you could have tried this before was either a Zoe or Jim. Yeah. And like splashing heavily with your 5 off class from the other faction. But this is this is the, the true 5-2, which is nice. So, interesting point... She's got a 35-card minimum deck size, and she, she can yeah. have up to five cards out of her deck underneath her, her mm. card. Do you think all of the investigators who have some of their deck not in the game for some reason have larger deck sizes? Mm. The other example is Seth, yeah. right? Yes. Or, or I suppose Joe with the hunch deck as well, and both of them have large decks. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah. Well, there's some kind of balancing thing to make sure no one's got a deck size smaller than 30. Yeah, I I think the other thing worth noting for Diana is that when she uses her reaction ability, she gets to draw a card and get a resource. If you can get cancelling early, you can then draw through your deck in an aggressive fashion. So maybe it's also, as with Seth, who gets that amazing opening hand, you have to kind of curb that power a little bit or you end up seeing you know so much of your deck so quickly that it's it's a game breaking yeah Yeah. i suppose the similar with patrice right you you have to give patrice a bigger deck partly so she doesn't deck out all (laughs) the time but also to to limit how quickly she can see her entire deck it's nice it's nice to see that these investigators that have draw effects are having having that curbed in some way i think so another brief point, when I, yeah, go my on. friends and I first played with Diana, we forgot to put Dark Insight into the opening hand. And this, although it's it's frustrating, it does highlight that she really needs to get cancelling early in order to start building her board and building her stats up. Yeah. It's just... She yeah, really absolutely. does. And, and Dark Insight is a, is a really good way to do that. So straight away, you've, you've gone up to two willpower. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, should we save this when we talk about... Dark Insight. I think we should talk about it right now. It's so important, yeah. So this is a two-cost event. It's Diana Stanley deck only, and it starts in her hand. It's Insight Traded, which is fitting for a card called Dark Insight. It's fast. Play when an investigator at your location draws an encounter card or a weakness. So reminder that encounter cards are treacheries and enemies. 
and weaknesses could be basic weaknesses or signature weaknesses, cancel all of that card's effects and shuffle it back into its deck. Do not draw a new card to replace it. So this is this is a really good cancel card, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Uh, it's just better than a ward of protection, which would be the closest mm-hmm. uh, analogue to it. Yeah, the, the other thing that I think is similar is Malison being able to drop a clue to shuff, shuffle a card back in, but that makes you redraw. But yeah, you know, this is just so much stronger than yeah. that. Targets, enemies, treacheries, basic weaknesses and signature weaknesses. Targets, any investigator at your location, so you or someone else, and you pay two and shuffle that card back in and just avoid it. And then, of course, what you really do is you only pay one because you pay two, you put it underneath Diana, and you then get a resource back and draw a card, so it replaces itself as well, which is insane. Super powerful. What I've seen is Diana is desperately trying to cancel something that first Mythos phase. And yeah, like desperately, yeah. like draw draw an encounter card because I want to cancel it. And then that, that first yeah. round, she's asking, hey, "Do you want that encounter card or not?" Because I can I can cancel yeah. it if you want. Can yeah. you handle that? Yeah. And you want something worth dark insighting as well. You, if you don't have any other cancels in your hand, dark insight is so powerful that you want to save it for the the necessary bad card. Uh, that's I think one of the challenges that you've started the game with a cancel in hand. It's nice to get building your willpower up and then picking the right card to cancel can be a little bit tricky and then like that's i think where i've really enjoyed playing diana particularly solo you know do i do i want to take this card can i handle it uh in think on your feet one of the things i did quite often was using this on an enemy yeah because if i'm not set up for an enemy shuffling away a conglomeration of spheres or some other big enemy is is just great particularly for tempo obviously so yeah it's a really strong cancellation um what what was the difference for your friend who who played without it in their opening hand and then with it in the opening hand was there a tangible difference oh yeah absolutely um it, it really speeds up the early game with diana because you get mm. not only do you get the extra card you get uh, the extra willpower as well so you imagine yeah. that it's such a broad scope that dark insight has got any encounter card mm. uh, or any weakness card, in fact, yeah. that it, it's really easy to land that as a cancellation early. So you might imagine if you had, yeah. uh, instead in your opening hand, you had, I've had worse. You need mm-hmm. to find an enemy to deal damage to you, then to use this, that, well, I've had worse, to cancel that damage. And then you've still got an enemy to mm-hmm. deal with as well. Yeah. So this yeah. being, having such a broad scope, means you can play it pretty early rather than having to first find the cancel and then find the situation to use that cancel in. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head with the idea that not all cancels are made equal and the application of different cards means that they have different uses and and different levels of popularity, I suppose. I'm thinking about how great Water Protection Level 2 is because it can cancel a card for anyone and it, it cancels the revelation effect. That gives it a very broad application as well. It obviously can't cancel yeah. enemies, but it gives you lots of options. Whoever it is who ends up drawing the ancient evils, you can water protection yeah. that. It's the kind of the classic play. So yeah, no, Dark Insight has even more applications than that, which is great. Yeah, I think you mentioned about speeding up her deck. I think that's also one of the place, ways that I really enjoy playing Diana, that you can have this really interesting 
feeling around tempo where once you start cancelling things, you're putting the encounter deck on the back foot and you're powering through your own deck. And it can feel like you're really uh, racing the encounter deck, I suppose, and winning that race. Like once you get a flow, if if what you're cancelling is drawing you into more cancels, it's then, yeah, that can feel really and, uh, I think she... Well, i tell you what, let's talk about her other signature card because this ties into what I wanted to say. Mm, yeah. Should I, should I read this one? Yeah, sure. So we've got a three-cost asset. It's Twilight Blade, Sanctum's mm. Reward. It has Willpower, Combat, and Wild Icons. It is Item, Relic, and Weapon Traded. Diana Stanley deck only. Action, Fight. You may use Willpower instead of Combat for this attack. You may play or commit events and skills beneath Diana Stanley as if they were in your hand. As an additional cost to play or commit a card in this way, Exhaust Twilight Blade. You cannot trigger Danny Stanley's reaction ability while playing or committing a card in this way. And it uses mm. a hand slot. Another card with huge amounts of text on it. Yes. Yeah. Well, what this boils down to is giving you a second use of the cards underneath Diana mm-hmm. at the cost of those cards going in your discard pile. Yeah. I think there's something quite sort of delicious about that, of how valuable the cancels become to you. Because when you play them using the Twilight Blade... You're getting a second use out of them. So playing Dark Insight again is amazing, but you're trading in willpower. And it, it kind of runs counter to what my initial thoughts around what Diana wants to do were. I thought, okay, you build your willpower up and then you're this unstoppable mage. And then once you have Twilight Blade in, in hand, it's suddenly saying, well, actually, maybe I'm not going to use my willpower much at all because I'm just going to use all my cancels twice. So, yeah, it's intriguing to me. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's it's part of a... Once Diana gets this set up, she's got this like engine running of, count, mm. uh, of cancel cards and ignore cards flowing from her hand to under her to into her discard. We, mm-hmm. we often find... Obviously, you want to put a lot of cancellation cards in Diana anyway. You sometimes get mm. the full five underneath her pretty quickly. Yeah. And you want to ditch those cards from underneath her to to make space for more more cancellation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You de- definitely don't want to be cancelling something and not getting to use her reaction ability. Exactly. That feels yeah. really bad. You know, cancelling two things in Mythos or that hypnotic gaze Eldritch inspiration. You know, anytime you end up using a, a dodge when you're not going to be able to put it underneath her, it feels terrible. So, so we say, yeah, she can get to six willpower with five cards in, underneath her. Actually, mm. I think you some of the time, unless you really need that extra dot of willpower, you might want to stick up four cards underneath her. And when a fifth one goes underneath, find a reason to play one of the other cancellation cards. So at that point, she is a five willpower mystic, but she sort of sometimes sometimes bumps up to six and then goes back down to five. Yeah. And the other thing that the blade does is it gives you a broad range of cancellations at your fingertips. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you could have a dodge under there, um, you know, it, whatever you need is right there. So yeah. it really increases her effectiveness as a, as a canceller. She becomes like tank-like <laughs> later on in the scenario, mm-hmm. but yeah. she just like kind of wades around, basically indestructible. And it's like she has a kind of series of spells at her fingertips that she can cast at any time at that point, yeah. She's sort of channeling them through the Twilight Blade and able to fire off a cancellation or a dodge or whatever at a moment's notice. Yeah, the other thing I'd add actually about having that little palette of spells is that her Elder Sign effect allows you to get a card back to replay it. 
And that's another incentive for playing Dark Insight early, because it's so sad to pull an Elder Sign as Diana and not cancelled anything yet, and mean that you don't get a card back. Because then, you know, the ideal is that you cancel something with Dark Insight, put it underneath Diana, get a card and resource. Draw an Elder Sign, get it back into your hand, cancel something again, get another card and resource, then maybe play Twilight Blade and cancel it a third time. Like at that point, in solo, you've you've skipped three myth off phases in a row if you've managed to pull that off. You're just miles ahead at that point. Yeah, yeah. Really, really nice. What about this fight ability on the Twilight Blade using willpower instead of combat? So the Twilight Blade has always struck me. It, it doesn't give a bonus damage. Mm. It's almost like that fight ability is a, a bonus on top of a bit like trench knife. Really, mm. what you want is the ability that it's got. Yeah, but you know, maybe you want to do an odd damage to an enemy. You can use mm-hmm. this. It, it might give you a bonus over using a weapon to do one damage if you're at willpower six. Yeah, yeah. You need to be at willpower four, five, or six for it to be worthwhile. So you need to have cancelled three, four, or five things respectively. Of course, it also helps you save some charges on things like Shriveling. So you could do yep. Shriveling Blade to deal with the three health enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's yeah, fine. Absolutely. I think re- yeah. really, when you're planning your Diana deck, maybe don't necessarily consider this a weapon or, or, or mm. a damage dealing tool. Consider it yeah. for the ability it's got. Yes. It can be found by effects that find weapons, which is great, or that find items, but it maybe isn't factored into your plans as... This is my main weapon, yeah. So, is there a catch, Frank? This all sounds great. I think great. there is, yes. Yeah, it does sound great. You're cancelling things, you're getting resources and cards for doing it. At a certain point in the scenario, you're playing the Twilight Blade and doing that all over again. What problems can I foresee? Well, unfortunately, Diana has a terrible secret. This is her signature weakness. It's a madness, and it reads, Revelation. If there are no cards beneath Diana Stanley, shuffle Terrible Secret back into your deck. Otherwise, for each card beneath Diana Stanley, you must either discard that card or take one horror. Cannot be cancelled. Which means, unfortunately, Dark Insight, I believe, can't cancel Terrible Secret because it can't be cancelled. Quite. So you can't shuffle it back into your deck, unfortunately. One of the things I've heard is that Deny Existence Level 5 works on this horror loss yeah and deny existence level zero okay because it ignores the effect yeah so to deny existence level five would mean you heal up to five yes. horror mm-hmm. yeah which is pretty good yeah. i mean that, that's really that card good. was good yeah. anyway <laughs> if you've taken horror from ward of protectioning things busily maybe a couple of horror from shriveling as well diana only has seven sanity it's she's the lowest sanity mystic we have it can start to get a little bit uh, dicey for Diana. And then if you're hitting Terrible Secret and you've got, you know, four or five cards underneath you, it's a lot of horror to take. So Deny Existence level five suddenly healing you back to full is magnificent. Yeah. But in other cases, this card is really nasty, right? <laughs> yeah. I, the thing I found it do the most is force my hand, as it were, where I simply can't afford to take three or four horror. Maybe not because it'll necessarily eliminate me, but just because that will put me in such a dangerous place. So you end up discarding cards instead, and that feels really nasty. What it also means is if you haven't put enough cancels in your deck, it can really set you back 
knock your willpower down to a low amount and then you can really struggle to get back in that gear and build up your willpower again and that I've had happen a couple of times it just feels really horrible that you're you know you're desperately trying to find another cancellation even you know you're just trying to find something to cancel like oh I'll just water protection this non dangerous card just to start building my willpower up again and that that feels kind of grotty have you seen it be impactful or ruin Diana's day I'm trying to think back and I can't remember to be honest <laughs> my impression is she she reaches a point where I've seen someone pull off the deny existence level five mm-hmm. switcheroo with it yeah but my, my impression with Diana is always she reaches a point where she's just indestructible mm. and stuff just rolls off her and she's got a bit of healing she's got some other effects she's got cancellations so she can really control when she's taking damage and when she's taking horror. Mm. It is that really tanky thing, isn't it? It's like a sort of Tommy or a Yorick style where you're just soaking the hits. It's very Guardian-y, isn't it? It's yeah. The role of Guardians as protector. Mm. And I guess that, that thematically it's just she's so informed on what the mythos is doing, she's able to predict their every move. Yeah, it poses no dangers to her. Yeah, yeah I like that. The other thing I'd say, we've mentioned Deny Existence a couple of times. Deny Existence is, again, a very flexible cancellation card. It protects you from losing cards from hand, resources, damage, horror, or one other thing. Actions. So there's a lot of different things that you can use Deny Existence to respond to. And one of the things in that Think of Your Feet playthrough that I was doing was that challenge of do you use water protection to cancel a card before you've seen how bad it's going to be or do you hold deny existence in hand and you think actually i'll take this test because i might pass and if i fail i can mitigate some of the worst effects of it and that that becomes a really enjoyable way of playing dana as well the kind of the play around how you use your cancellation and what you use it for and you mentioned i've had worse as well that also could help you with the the horror from terrible secret yeah, absolutely, yeah. So just another another useful thing to respond. Anything that ignores damage or horror can be useful for ignoring the horror on Terrible Secret. Do you think she plays... She, she doesn't really play like other mystics I've seen, I don't think. She's mm. definitely got a, a heavy Guardian flavour to her. Do you mm. think that mm. steers your deck building and your playstyle with her? I'm glad you mentioned it because we, we talked about it quite a lot, didn't we, when, when she first came out about did you just put a sort of Agnes-style deck, your shriveling, uh, an arcane initiate, maybe a holy rosary in there, and then pack it with cancels as well and hope to get her willpower up high enough that she can kind of do what Agnes can do out of the gate? Or then, slightly putting words in your mouth, you suggested that that was maybe missing the point of Diana and that actually she has such an amazing access to Guardian that you could do something completely different with her. I found when I played her in multiplayer, I took on the role of the fighter. Yeah. And so I leant really heavily into Guardian and I went with Beat Cop and what else did I go with? I don't think I ran a police badge in that one, but that was something I was looking at. You could run Brother Xavier as well and soak hits for the team. I ended up using a Time One brand as well because I could just get her combat up to really juicy levels. So I used the cancellation then to kind of keep things off me as I set up to fight enemies. 
And then once my willpower got high, I then could sort of ignore the encounter deck. If it was an enemy, I'd fight it. And if it was a treachery, I'd pass. So that was a, yeah, a slightly different way of playing. I know that, uh, start with the name, who's a prolific deck builder on Arkham DB. Mm. Uh, he really rates uh, Police Badge, especially because it's something okay. you can play yep. early. And then when your willpower is up high enough, you can discard it for some extra actions, leaving mm. your accessory yeah. slot free. I can see that. I think Police Badge is probably a little bit of an overlooked card. There's plenty of places that it can be quite handy. Yeah. So what was your thinking behind that idea of, of treating Diana as a guardian? <laughs> when you said you put words in my mouth, I can't remember saying that. I don't doubt I don't really? doubt that that's something I said, uh, but I can't remember. Yeah, I, that had quite a big impact on me. I felt quite guilty for putting Mystic cards Oh, really? Diana. Oh, well, that wasn't my... Said that. Yeah. I mean, I say it wasn't my intention. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> She's got a really interesting stat line. For for a, mm. for a mystic, right? She's got threes across the board except yeah. for willpower, and actually she's able to get to three willpower quite quickly. And that yeah. flat start line of all threes is usually an indication that some someone's quite flexible, and you could build them in a few yeah. different directions. So mm. I don't know if could you just pack her full of weapons and then play her like a guardian? Yeah. Would would weapons be able to just keep you going as a fighter until you get your more powerful spells ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't... And, and one of the like, one of the valleys you can end up falling into is not being able to boost your combat enough to be a reliable fighter, and then not getting your willpower high enough to use your damage dealing spells, and you can kind of be stuck between two stools. Then, which yeah, I think is is fairly easy trap with Diana. So sort of knowing which path you're really focusing on is really important. There've been a couple of times where I've had shriveling in hand and. Mm sort of thought, well, this is a late game card. I can't do anything with this now unless I'm going to commit hundreds of cards to, to boost and pass. Yeah. That's one of those things, isn't it, when you're playing Arkham and a big enemy comes out and you turn to your mm. fighter and you say, oh, can you deal with this? And the, the fighter looks and says, well, not for another three or four turns, actually. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, that's tricky. I, I liked your point about the flat stats as well. The, the threes across the board, you know, if she could take Dark Horse... She would really like it because she has ways of generating... Oh, she could take it now, now, now that we know about Versatile. But she has ways of generating resources through cancellation. So that mitigates the, the Dark Horse issue. And yeah, she gets a lot of bonuses out of that. I've run Crystalline Elder Sign in Diana as well, because that just puts my stats at fours across the it's board. really nice plus for solo, my willpower is. Yeah, really nice for solo. Obviously not so good for multiplayer. But I found then that, that I, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. I think we talked about how there's a, quite a big difference between having a one in a stat and a two in a stat. Yeah. But the other thing we've not talked about too much recently is the difference between two in a stat and three in a stat. Because at three in a stat, I could take a test, say it's a treachery, fully expecting to fail. But if I'm lucky and pull a zero or only a minus one, I'm not taking the the worst from that card. Whereas... If I'm in a two in a stat and I pull a minus one, you know, two on a rotting remains or a grasping hands or whatever else it is, that's that's two horror or two damage. It's pretty nasty. So let's hear it for the threes, I guess <laughs> I'm saying. But sometimes just having a three in a stat, it it means that you're normally at the base difficulty. So normally you can get you can get by in a way that with a two you really couldn't. Yeah, with just a few boosts, her intellect can be pretty decent. So she can investigate reasonably well not as your prime investigator but in a good way 
And then similarly, yeah, with a couple of boosts, her combat is good. Or her, you know, even say a manual dexterity gets her agility up to five, which is decent. So yeah, she's she's flexible in that regard. I think that's one of the reasons I've ended up playing her a fair yeah. amount, is her flexibility. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I, as I say, I, I've not had much experience with her at all. Mm. I sort of feel if I was if I was going to build a deck with her now, I'd pick a core of cancel- good cancellation cards and use that mm, as my starting yeah, point. Yeah. And then and then expand outwards from there. Is that how you would go about it then? Yeah, and I was going to ask you how many cancels you thought were a good amount, but you probably can't answer. I think I I quite like sitting at about 10. I was going to say 10 because uh, yeah. that's twice twice the number she can have under it because you'd like yeah. to get to that full value. You know, that will be a name in the game, right? Mm. And either you're getting to the full value and then you're letting Terrible Secret wipe, wipe you out and you're getting there again. Or probably the ideal is you're seeing Terrible Secret early enough or being able to counter Terrible Secret and then you're getting into that that dream position of using the Twilight Blade to replay one or two cancels to keep topping your willpower up. And that, that feels really nice. I'm doing a, a wavy gesture with my hand, sort of <laughs> cyclical wavy gesture of using a cancel, going back up again, using a cancel, going back up again. Tiny-winy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you've got, you've got Dark Insight, Deny Existence, Ward of Protection, potentially Dodge or I've Had Worse, potentially Hypnotic Gaze or Dark Prophecy, and that's, I've just counted seven cards, so that would be 13 different cards in your deck if you run all of those. Yeah. So you can then maybe make some choices around, actually, I, I don't want to run these. I played a campaign with someone else playing Diana. They used Dark Prophecy a bunch, and it was really nice. You've yeah. got to know what the bag is going to do to you, but yeah. you can really then then play with that. It's giving you... You're essentially playing it for free. It's drawing a card and getting you a resource. It's kind of replacing itself and giving you a willpower. And as long as you know that the test is either one you don't mind failing or that you can mitigate most of the tokens, it's really nice. I've even seen it do that amazing thing where they the player drew five tokens, none of them special symbols apart from the Elder Sign. Yeah, so they got to pick the Elder Sign, <laughs> which is just like... Elder Sign fishing is great. I've been stung by Dark Prophecy in the past. When I first used it, I tried to use it in gym, mm. and it, I kept on failing tests. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But more recently, I've I've, I've rated it a bit. I've, I've played it in that um, Olive McBride uh, Ritual mm. Candles deck, and it was oh, really yeah, good in that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it just makes me think again that evaluating cards, the best way to do it is by investigator, not not sort of by card. Yeah. Because the investigators are so different. Yeah. Like we said, like I think Police Badge really has a place in Diana. Mm. You might also consider cards. There's quite a few low-ish level Guardian cards that boost willpower. So I'm also thinking of Bandelier level two. Yeah, if you're going to fill your hands. And, yeah. and Brother Xavier, our, our favourite ally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've reminded me as well, one of the challenges with Diana is that she's got access to so many different things and balancing what you have in your hands and what you have in your arcane slots and what you have in your accessory slots can be quite challenging. So picking, you know, you're going to run Alyssa Graham as your ally and she's going to boost your intellect, then, you know, you probably, maybe you don't want to run Flashlight because you've got a different way of getting clues through Alyssa. Or maybe you do and you're a more clue-focused Diana in which case you definitely need fighting in your your arcane slots. So there's all of these kind of... She takes a lot of the different concepts that we've talked about on the cast 
around slots and number of cards in the deck and a sort of investigator focus and she shakes them up a fair amount I think I think that's what also what keeps intriguing me about her it seems like there are a few different ways of playing Diana and it's not that there's a right or wrong way it's just I don't feel I've worked her out yet yeah yeah talking about cards that are different in different investigators just worth noting that I've had worse level two allows you to cancel two damage and or horror so like two combined which in Diana means and you get resources for what you cancel it's a zero cost event, so you play it in Diana, cancel two, get two resources, and then you use her reaction to get a third resource and a card. So it's like an emergency cash level two in Diana, plus it boosts her willpower. Yeah. Uh, which people, I don't know if people talked about enough. Like, I, I put it in the thing on your feet, and it's insane. It's so, when you see it, it's like, oh, goody, bring me some damage. And there's quite a lot of times where we talked about it on the cast before, right? Yeah. I've had worse two. There's quite a few times where you might want to cancel two damage or horror in the way that cancelling five, I've had worse four, feels like you sort of save that up. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. I think it's a really good card. I think it's a weird example of a card that it does maybe too much at the higher higher experience level. And you're you're paying experience for an extension of the effect you might not use. But I think it's a Mm. bargain at uh, at two experience. Yeah. I think it's a really, really good card. Me too. Really nice include in Diana. Whether you take out your dodges to put it in or take out something else, it's really nice. I'm just thinking now of higher level mystic cards because you mentioned going higher level spells. I think that's definitely a route with Diana. It's worth noting that there's a level 5 Deny Existence and a level 5 Ward of Protection. Yes. So potentially like you can put 20 XP <laughs> into that if you want to. Yeah. As, as your approach. I think definitely Deny Distance Level 5 is a good card to have your eye on as an as an mm. end campaign goal for Diana. Yeah. It's it's also a card as well that I often hoard in my hand because I know terrible secrets coming up at some point. Yeah. And it's such a good neutering of that weakness that you can find. Like the challenge with, with Deny Existence is picking what to use it on to get the best outcome yeah. <laughs> because you'll see so many once you realize how many applications you'll have you'll, maybe a treachery makes you discard resources for each point you fail by so you do that and you're like oh i'm losing two resources i could deny that but hold on and then there's something else that makes lose you actions discard cards yeah or lose actions you're like oh i could deny that is, is it worth it i had amnesia as my my basic weakness and deny existence will cancel you losing the cards because it's cards from hand so then it's a choice of do I save this for amnesia and keep my hand? Or do I save it for terrible secret and keep what's underneath Diana? Yeah. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's about working out the board state and deciding. Yeah, Fascinating. You're almost hunting down the worst weaknesses to, to flip them. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's really fitting for Diana, isn't it? Sort of taking the fight to the mythos. Yeah, yeah. So we can't really talk about Diana without talking about cancellation. We've talked about plenty of cancel cards. Peter... Why is cancellation a good or bad thing? It's a very the most open question. Is cancellation a good thing? Yeah, it is. What is cancellation? Who is cancellation? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yes, it is. I guess it's it's a means for you to control the encounter deck, what that throws at you, and Mm. allows you to. I guess we use the word mitigate a lot. I don't want to use Mm. it again. I'm trying to think of the right word. It allows you to, to, to stop the effects which are worse for your party. So yeah. it, Disrupt. It, 
Oh, yeah, it's, it, it allows you to filter out effects which would be particularly disruptive to your party or to your game mm. plan mm. or to just generally cancel the worst cards in the encounter deck. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's a variety of cancellation abilities, right? I mean, <laughs> Ward of Protection is the most basic. Yeah. The, we, we had a long discussion about this when we were walking home from Tabletop Gaming Live, didn't we? How yes. Ward of Protection yeah, yeah. effectively replaces an encounter card you've drawn with a card that says take one horror and lose one resource. Yeah, in the way that, say, Malison, if we use that same example, Malison replaces the card you've drawn with another card. It sort of gives that card surge and it says drop a clue. Yes. Interestingly, Dark Insight and Malison both shuffle the encounter card back into the encounter deck. Mm-hmm. Ward of Protection yeah. discards it. Yeah. I don't know what in, what's it, where to go with that thought. <laughs> I think I think it's interesting that what we've seen in the life of the game is that water protection specifically targets the revelation effect of a card, yeah. but that means if it has surge or peril or other effects that aren't based off the revelation effect, water protection can't actually help you with those things. Like, for instance, water protection can't get rid of a beyond the veil once a beyond the veil is in someone's threat yeah. area, whereas other cards can. So... Where you have a, a different effect, you're maybe targeting more of the card, like you're targeting the surge, the the other effects, getting rid of it in that regard. I sometimes think about cancellation of, if you imagine that the encounter deck and the investigators are two cars in a race, and the encounter deck is the like the dirty driver who's keep trying to bump you off the road, yeah. and cancellation is almost like a way of putting your foot on the accelerator and pulling ahead of the car that's bumping you so you kind of you kind of leap ahead of them and they miss bumping you and you you kind of stay stay in the lead like i think weirdly arkham is a bit of a racing game at times and if you can get ahead of the encounter deck you can more or less ignore everything it's doing to try and disrupt i mean this is when i'm teaching someone the game and it's hard to say how you win at arkham because every scenario is different but the fundamental Mm. is that you want to go through the act deck faster than you go through the agenda deck and yeah. things which, which yeah. slow down the agenda deck or which speed up the act deck are both good. Yeah. And they're, they're two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah, and Ancient Evils is a great example of that, that you think you have X number of turns remaining and then you draw Ancient Evils and you have X minus one turns remaining. Yes. And all of those extra actions you've planned for are wasted. It's always it's, it's, a, it's a scary thought when you, you look at Ancient Evils and you say what it's done is cost us number of players times three actions. Yeah. And when you look at Ancient Evils like that, it's a horrible card. Yeah. If if it read, like, skip the next investigation phase, you don't, you know, skip the next upkeep, everyone goes, oh my goodness, that would be brutal. Yeah. But something about just placing a doom, sometimes we forget that. Yeah, it's it's ghastly. So, interestingly, there's a card come out recently, Stargazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's easy to compare that with Ward of Protection at first glance, right? They both have a yeah. superficially similar effect. Yeah, they both have a wild icon. Stargazing, you search your bonded cards for the stars are right and shuffle it into the top 10 cards of the encounter deck. Yeah. It's like a preemptive cancel, right? Yes. I think one of the things which sparked our conversation was considering whether the stars are right was as useful as the effect of Ward of Protection. And then realizing actually they work on two slightly different axes. Mm. So Stars Are Right is almost more like it's it's an economy card, really. It saves you the actions yep. you might have to spend dealing with 
a treachery of some sort, maybe a couple of actions, and gives <laughs> you an action and a resource in exchange for that. And a card. Is it, is yeah. it a resource? And a card. It's a card, a resource, and an immediate action. Which is very good. Yeah. So you, it, it's funnily enough, it, it touches, it links to what we've mentioned earlier in the episode. It's like police badge in that you pay an upfront cost for a benefit down the, the line. And depending on what you can make of those later actions, or in the case of the Stars Are Right, that one action that someone gets at that point, that sort of determines its value. Yeah, it's it's a weird one where imagine if for Ward of Protection, you had to play Ward of Protection as an action, but then you later could trigger its, its effect and get rid of a, an encounter card. I think people would be far less keen on Ward of Protection as a result. It's the reactive nature of Ward of Protection that gives it its power yeah. that you can wait for the thing that you need to hit and that's exactly it it's the targeting really that's the strength of water of protection and i should say as well that I, like often when i talk about water protection if i'm thinking about multiplayer i'm thinking about water protection too yes and i feel like that's such a important powerful card for when you think about cancellation this idea that you can snipe a card you know another card that does a similar thing is a test of will does a similar ability it's exile instead of 2xp but it's a similar anyone at your location you can get rid of it i think water protection 2 is just anyone anywhere and it's test of will that you have to be at the same location right okay yeah so then the the extra detail in our discussion about cancellation was we were talking about patrice who can take stargazing and can take water protection but the cards in her hand only hang around for a turn yes so she takes a card like water protection where you're waiting for your target and really picking and choosing, and completely diminishes its range of targets and says, if you can cancel something this coming Mythos phase, great. Otherwise, the window has closed. So she might prefer something like the Stars Are Right, where she can bank an action for a future cancel. She doesn't get to choose when it is, but she does definitely get a cancel, in air quotes, at some point. Yeah rather than running Ward of Protection where she might have a Mythos phase where she actually can't cancel anything or there's nothing worth worth cancelling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And, and, and certainly not a card worth taking a horror for instead of uh, instead of drawing anyway. You mm. Imagine if, it's, if, yeah. if, if the treachery cropping up is something like a Rotting Remains, she's likely to pass that test. So yeah. spending a yeah. resource and taking a horror probably isn't worth it. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if you're playing solo as well, uh, just pulling an enemy. Yeah. That there could be only one enemy in the deck, but if that's the turn that you've got water protection in your hand, it's just a, a dead card at that point. Yeah. You're just using it as a wild icon. It, I mean, it is a wild icon, so that's good for Patrice. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You, you feel like with, with water protection, you want to hold on to it. But Patrice absolutely cannot do that. Yeah. So she shook up our thinking about the value of certain cards, which in turn made us start to think about the value of of cancellation. I was thinking in advance of this episode as well, I think rogues are the ones who are the most limited for cancellation. I'm worried I'm going to be caught. They've got you handle this one. Yes. And is that it? Yes. I think it is. Yeah. So they can throw, they they don't even get rid of the encounter card. They just throw it to someone else. And I was thinking as well about guardian cancellation, which is let me handle this. Yeah. I suppose is, is one guardian cancellation. <laughs> On the hunt. On the hunt, so they, they can choose to look for an enemy instead of drawing the treachery. There's a new Guardian card coming out in the next pack, I think. 
yeah, first, first watch. watch. And this is such a guard. I mean, it's very like, let me handle this, but it's such a guardian effect. You draw mm. the number of encounter cards you would have in the mythos phase, and then you deal them out yourself. Yeah. And you can deal out more to yourself if you want so that other people don't get them. Yeah, but you can't deal out more to anyone else. So yeah. it's not, <laughs> not it's, a, yeah, it's intriguing. It. Uh, confession time. I have run Let Me Handle This in lots of decks and never found it to be as impactful as I hope it to be because it gives you a plus two on the test yeah. when you play it. But I've often found that it's not something I've I've wanted to play or I've not found the right opportunities Maybe it's also been who I've been paired with that I've not found. This would be great if it turns out I've been only playing it in solo. I've just <laughs> only in multiplayer, obviously. Should have should have emphasized that. But the flip side is that I've used uh, you handle this one quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> as have I. <laughs> yeah. So so what well, is let me handle this maybe a little bit below the curve that it's just a kind of it's a it's it's not really a cancellation but it's a reactive plus two and that raises interesting thoughts for me about how good or not first watch will be because first watch is almost like a, a one-off scrying yeah where I, i've played in some games where someone's been scrying the encounter deck to great effect and really controlling okay all the willpower tests are going to the mystic all the enemies are going to the fighter and whatever the other cards are we'll chuck them to the rogue and see see what happens sort of thing <laughs> you know but First watch could be vital in those moments of, right, we need to pick and choose now. I can imagine it being like maybe a cheeky one-off in a deck. Yeah, it's it's hard to, it's really hard to judge the value of it. Mm. I feel like you'd know you should have played it once you've, once you've <laughs> yeah. not played it. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're sitting there looking and saying, oh, if only I'd drawn that and you'd drawn this, this would be yeah. far better. Yeah. But you, you don't know that in advance, so it's really hard. I, I think I can see it being used in a situation where you're in a tough spot. Your seeker has got an enemy on them, and your your fighter has got some other problem, mm. and you want to make sure it doesn't get any worse than it is. Yes, yeah. Or yeah, or in a tough spot where your win condition is clearing a location of clues, and you know if if you can just keep the pressure off your seeker, they will do that. They'll have the situation completely locked down. And at that point, it's that real hero play of, look, I'll just take everything and you guys can can work on the clues. Yeah, it's like the finale of uh, the um, Night of the Zealot when you're at the, the ritual site. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a few turns of, of taking it on the chin. Is it a cancellation, though? Does it matter if it is or isn't a cancellation? Well, this is. Yeah. Sort of, I guess this is what we've been dancing around this, this whole time we've been talking about cancellation. Yeah. What is cancellation? Yeah, and is cancellation more broadly a, a way of taking the fight to the encounter deck and a way of manipulation? Like, should we be actually not talking about cancellation? We should be talking about... Encounter control. Encounter control or encounter disruption or, or something along those lines. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think Diana especially throws that into sharp relief. Like like mm. I've said several times, once she gets to a certain mass of cards, uh, of, of cards beneath her, cancellations mm. below her, she's she's almost indestructible. That the, the effects of the encounter deck just slide off her because she's got a, yeah. a toolbox with how to deal with them. Then mm. they're all, I mean, they're cancellations because they say the word cancel, but her strength really is in controlling the encounter deck and manipulating its effects. So a card that deals mm. damage doesn't deal any damage. An enemy that would attack doesn't attack. A horrible card that would put Doom on the agenda, it doesn't. It turns into horror instead. Mm. Yes, nice. Good example. 
When we talk about rogues, we talk about them generating extra actions and how that kind of breaks the framework of the game. One of the tenets of the game is that you get three actions, and anyone who can take more actions, that's a way of leveraging their ability to sort of push ahead or or things like that. Cancellation, to my mind, is something similar. One of the rules of the game is that everyone draws an encounter card each turn. And if you can start saying, well, actually, we're only drawing two encounter cards this turn because two of our party are cancelling them or whatever else is happening... You start to you start to manipulate the the kind of rules of engagement in a very satisfying way. Those times with Diana where you can go on a run where you just don't take encounter cards for two or three turns that feels magnificent. Yeah, to the point where you sort of say, what, "Why is everyone saying this game's hard? Like <laughs> the encounter deck can't land a punch. It's great." So I think we've have we dived deeply into cancellation? I don't know, but here's a here's a time when really, listener, I want to hear from you, and I'm sure Peter does too. How often do you run cancellations in your deck? How important are they a thing that you think about even? You know, at what point in the deck building process do you think, I definitely need Ward of Protection? Uh, and particularly as well, I'm intrigued about cards like Test of Will and Forewarned. Do you ever, do you ever put in a cheeky cancellation like that? Because they cost XP. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you about whether or not you run cancellation and how you think about it in terms of yeah. the game. Do we have anything else we need to say about Diana? I don't think so. We've 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 tried to give people a, a broad overview of her, and hopefully, what I've said hasn't been absolute honking nonsense. Because I'm, I'm speaking sort of <laughs> secondhand, having not played it. Yeah. Well, it's good of you to want to talk about an investigator. That I'm very curious about. Haven't got your grubby. <laughs> it's been really mitts interesting on. talking yeah. to you. It's been interesting talking to you about this. She, yeah. she always looks like she's having good fun when she's playing. There's like cards going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you played with Diana on your table, right? In yes. Depths of Yours. And recently. I think she's Gaia. a really good call in Depths of Yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just so good at stopping Depths of Yours be nasty. There's so many things you don't uh, yeah, want to hit. I sort you. of think she could keep going forever. She, there'll, be, there'll be a certain <laughs> amount of attrition as, as she takes a little bit of horror. From her deck looping, if nothing else. Yeah. But actually, once she's set up, really, there's mm. what can stop her? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends how quickly you can kill enemies at that point, or evade enemies. Like that becomes the only... But then if you were in the a only team, issue, I think, yeah. with a, a fighter yeah. and a seeker dedicated, Diana could almost take on a pure guardian yeah. role of protecting the other characters. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Be really good. We've said before as well, you know, Carolyn's stock rises in longer scenarios because one of the ways that you get taken out of a longer scenario is damage or horror. And if you just have someone steadily topping up everyone's damage and horror, you are unstoppable at that point. And Diana's sort of similar. One of the ways you might get taken out is that the accumulation of treacheries becomes so great that you just you sort of buckle under the weight of them. But she disrupts that entirely. Cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're on Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Twitter and Facebook. And we're also on Patreon. Big shout out to all our patrons. Thank you so much. Remember that if you're any tier higher than Ghoul Minion, you can send us questions on the cast and we'd love to open another mailbag soonish. So don't forget that you can send in questions to Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. 
Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit sometimes and on Discord, so please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. I'm also, I've been posting some Arkham photos on Instagram, just very gently. I'm F-E-B on Instagram, to be confusing. That's E-P-H-Y-B-E-E. I think they didn't allow an underscore or something like that. So yeah, the, the, the Arkham community on Instagram is really sweet and it's just people posting pictures of their play experiences and, and writing up some notes. Worth checking out if you're on Instagram. I think there's like 16 different hashtags <laughs> people use. It's very confusing. So yeah. All right. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thank you.